As members of Canada's Ukrainian diaspora gathered at Parliament last week to watch a virtual address from Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky talking about the war in his country, Juno and Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Chantal Kreviazek was among them. The Winnipeg-born artist has been a vocal supporter of Ukraine's fight against Russia's invasion. And while she's out on tour now, singing her hits, including Surrounded, Feels Like Home, that you just heard and before you, she's also raising funds to help those defending the country. She's no stranger to activism and charitable work. Kriyazek and her husband, Rain Maida, were appointed as members of the Order of Canada uh, for their charitable, charitable and humanitarian work in about 10 years ago by David Johnson. So to talk more about the impact of the war on her, the work that she's doing to try to raise awareness and to raise money for those defending Ukraine, I'm joined now by Chantal Kriyazek. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is really interesting. I know, I mean, I grew up sort of as an Irish, quote, Irish Canadian. You know, it's something I didn't mm. think about a whole lot as a kid. But my, mm. you know, my, my, my grandparents, would t- it was sort of part of our family. I was wondering yeah. a bit about, about, about your Ukrainian heritage and how you, how yeah. you looked at yeah. it growing up. Well, you know, it's interesting. I spent probably the first three quarters of my life feeling pretty Ukrainian, uh, mostly, right? Because, I mean, I knew I was Indigenous on my mom's side, but we were raised to um, think we were ashamed of it. Now, we do know, like my great-grandmother was an Elkhorn residential school survivor. And so, um, you know, my by the time my grandmother had her children, obviously, it, it, it would have been all about, it was survivalist, right? So, right. Um, so we were going to just not talk about the fact that most of my family looked, you know, either somewhat or pure indigenous or, or we were just going to be, you know, ashamed of it or whatever it was. It it, it was, it was really sad, but, but I was also like, I was raised very Ukrainian, um, because my dad was fully Ukrainian. See on my mom's side, we, we had the maternal, uh, grandmother stuff that was indigenous, but my grandfather was Ukrainian. His last name was Wolaszczuk. So my mom's maiden name is Wolaszczuk. So, um, so we were, we were mostly Ukrainian, you know, grandpa was Gigi, uh, Gigi Peter. And, and it was when we talked about my grandmother, it was Baba. Right. And then my dad spoke in Ukrainian and some Russian and to his friends and, and community. And I, and I grew up on the Duja Dobras and the Chikais and, you know, um, and the Adespaches and all the all the things, and so, um, and our food and our 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 lifestyle was very Ukrainian. My, you know, my family. We were at the farmhouse every weekend, uh, you know, north of the city. We were we were Ukrainians, you know, and so yeah, I think like you, you sort of took that for granted. That's just who you were, and then the taboo of the maternal grandmother's side and all the confusion and. And kind of all the the sort of chaos of that, it it absorbed a lot more of my identity in the form of an identity crisis. So it was clear, it was so clear on my dad's side. So we didn't really have to, or on my on, on the other side of, right. of the, the other sides of the. What was it like? And, and given that I can, because I watched it and I've been spent time in the House of Commons. It's not a particularly raucous place most of the time, but it was certainly. A very felt like a very emotional place to be when President Zelensky addressed addressed Parliament, and you were there. Yeah, I think what was the most powerful, to be honest with you, because pretty much most people were watching it on a screen. 
I did like being being in the gallery, in the chamber, but um, sitting next to Anna and her her father Boris and her mother that her mom and dad had just had just come you know they'd walked overnight through in the cold uh, with just just bags on their back you know lovely retired people who had a nice apartment with paintings on the wall and a library the way that the father described it to me it just broke my heart and then to be suddenly here. Um, you know, in their daughter's house, a single mom, um, it was heartbreaking. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect for that sort of detour on that little trip. Um, but it certainly gave me clarity in terms of what I wanted to talk to Justin about when I did sit with him after I was honored to go and sit with prime minister. And, um, you know, that was Anna asked me, will you please call me and tell me like, how do I know my parents will have some services? Cause I can't, I can't pay for them. I don't, right. I can't afford that. Her parents and had left, was, her parents had fled Ukraine, right? That, that was the, yeah, yes. Yeah, just, fled. just then. Yeah, yeah. Just, just then. Yeah. Just then they just arrived. So, you know, they were just shell shocked in, in that moment. So anyway, that was really powerful. Um, and I'll carry that story in my heart forever. I'm still unpacking it. You sat down with the prime minister after that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what did you what did you want to convey? What did you want to tell them? Well, I had that concern. What are we doing for you know services wise? Mm-hmm. Um, and he reassured me, and I was able to reassure reassure Anna, and mm-hmm. that was really comforting. Um, you know, and then of course I wanted to get to the bottom of like what's happening here. Like, what are we doing? Like, how are we helping? And it and it does sound like it's it's a problem. You know, it doesn't sound like it's it's black and white. And I really just uh, I feel that, you know, Putin and his system have to be dismantled. So I don't know. I'd like to see I'd like to see that be the solution. And obviously, I'm not you know, I would do. Hey, prime minister, can you you know, can we figure out how to take this guy out? I mean, he's not going to talk to me about that. There's really nothing else to talk about. That's what has to happen because Ukrainians aren't going to go anywhere. They're not giving Mariupol. They're not giving they're not giving up. And, you know, Putin is a Hitler in the sense of this, this system of propagating misinformation to people and, and uh, people are listening. He, he has, like, like the Nazis, he has a group of, of people who are with it. You've seen the effects of this already. I know you went to Jordan to, see, to meet with, the, with those who had fled a war, a very similar yeah. situation yeah. in Syria. In Syria. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. know, you yeah. know what the impact is when yeah. families are it, torn apart, right? Yeah, it's, it's brutal because, you know, my heart aches. The Poles have been, the, the, the Polish people have been so incredible and yet we're putting them in an impossible position. I watched as Jordanians, you know, turned on their, their Muslim neighbors. They first embraced them, but then it became impossible to accommodate them. By the time I was there, you know, the Jordanian kids went to school in the morning and the Syrian kids went to school in the afternoon. There, It had become a race war. It had become completely ugly. And, um, that's not right. This is the case. You know, I mean, Putin, he's got a crystal ball. He knows, he knows this is what happens. So again, he's got to go. Sorry. I'm with Lindsey Graham on one thing. Putin's got to go. I'm speaking with Chantal Kravyatsik. We're talking about Ukraine, um, an important part of the world for, for Chantal, given her, her, her heritage, as well as recent events. Uh, she went to parliament in Ottawa to see president Zelensky deliver his address virtually met with the prime minister afterwards. After this, I want to talk a bit about, I know you're very close with your family. You're very close to your kids. I was really 
curious mm. to know what it's been like trying to explain what's happening in Ukraine to your sons. And we'll get to that right after this. I'm back with singer-songwriter Chantal Kavyatsuk. We're talking about Ukraine, uh, an important part of Chantal's heritage, and also an important part of what, the kind of work you've been doing of late uh, with War Child and so on. I was curious to know, I know you're very close to your family. I you know your, your family's very important to you. Your kids are growing up. They're older now. They're teens, I gather. Uh, mm-hmm. How have you tried to talk about this with them, given how you, know, you are about it? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like we just watch these kids struggle through the pandemic and they'll never know what it's like to grow up as a teen, not in a pandemic, but we know. Right. And so that was painful. It's been painful to not see the kids developing, you know, normally and, 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 and socializing. And that's been so hard. And so this war, this invasion, um, I feel a little bit protective of the kids. I do. And I'm trying to, you know, my husband sees me. My husband is, is not Ukrainian. He is Italian and English. And, um, and so he sees me being very proactive. Um, He sees me being um, emotionally invested. And I think we're a great couple in the sense of how we pass the baton to each other. And right now, he happens to be at home with the kids and I'm out on the road. So it kind of has worked out really well where, you know, when the kids talk to me, they know the work I'm doing. They're seeing my social media. They know. Okay. And they know they're Ukrainian. They know their roots, but, but rain is there in, in his way. He is just perpetuating some development, some normal development after all this pandemic stuff. And I think that's really good. I think, I think even for me, there needs to be a balance. Like I really can't watch the news anymore. I just, I mean, my heart's broken and that's debilitating. I have to stay focused, right? I have to stay focused as someone who is um, helping defenders. I, I have to stay focused as, as an artist who is, you know, welcoming people into, you know, my, my world in the evening and giving them, transformation or comfort or whatever it is they've come come for to my show and then as a mom like i just can't be debilitated i know you're on tour so it must be different um yeah these days but i remember reading something you said once about having a platform as an artist you once wished it was so big that you could do anything possible for people who are who are suffering through either fleeing fleeing a war fighting a Uh war Uh Um, and then you said, I've learned that it's not how much power you have. It's what you do with it. And I was curious to know right now, given how emotionally invested you are in this Mm. particular Mm. conflict as well, Mm. what Mm. you see your role is, what you think you can do and what, what's the best use of of all that energy? Well, I do think it's really important, right. To not cut your nose, to spite your face. Mm. So if someone comes to my show and they're coming to see Chantal Kriviazic, that sings feels like home and before you and jet plane, you know, give it to them. I don't want to alienate anybody. That's not helping. That's not going to the table. There are people who just are not as personally invested in this war as I am. And I respect that, right? I wasn't as personally invested in some other things that others are. And and that's life. I know that. But this is, you know, I believe this is slightly different. I, I, I do. I think that it would be, you know, and I have heard people say it's hard to know, right? Cause I'm Ukrainian, but I have heard people say right now, you know, we're all Ukrainian. And I thought that was beautiful. I was like, okay, so I'm not, it's not just me. 
<laughs> and I know that we're almost, you know, we're a million and a half in, in Canada um, of, of Ukrainian descent. So, so, but I do have to, um, I have to sort of not be manipulative, but I have to be smart. I have to um, respect everyone who comes through the door and sits down in the theater that, that uh, they, they leave with their cup full. And what does that look like? Despite the fact that I have an intention here right now. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say I'm, I'm someone who's quite funny live and, and my audience knows that. So when they come, they're expecting to laugh. So I make sure that they laugh. Um, and, and my audience also expects to, uh, to be moved. And so they're moved, but I don't want to move people to way to where they run away. Right. Like not move them that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess um, it's, it's a delicate balance. right? It is. It really is. But I'm, I'm, I'm there for them. I'm not there for me. That's my job. So yeah. that's what I stay focused on. If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with singer songwriter, Juno and Grammy Award winner Chantal Kravyatsek. We're talking about the war in Ukraine. Um, Chantal went to see President Zelensky speak at Parliament. She spoke to the Prime Minister afterwards uh, of Ukrainian descent. Clearly, this, like many, for many other Ukrainian Canadians, this, or Canadians of Ukrainian descent, I should say, heritage, this has hit very close to home. Do you feel like there's, I mean, I know you've talked about your songwriting in the past as, as you'd like it to be very personal, very real, even almost reflexive to some extent. Do you feel like you can write about this? It's interesting you say that. I've, I've thought to myself, oh boy, I should be writing music. What am I going to say? Every time I go to open my mouth to write something, it hasn't felt quite right. There was one moment when I did start to write um, something and I have, um, you know, I, let's see. Let's see if, if it's a month from now or a year from now or 10 years from now. I don't know. I mean, um, it's overwhelming and it's surreal. It's, I can't believe this is happening. I think I'm in a bit of shock and um, I feel quite disrupted, you know, so uh, we'll see. I don't really have a, <laughs> I don't have a solid answer for you on that one, but I do know that I have always been quite honest in my music and, and stuff just kind of comes up. Right. So I, I don't, I, I do suspect it will. Has the touring been at least, I guess, in many ways, therapeutic to some extent. And I mean that in the nicest of ways, something to take yeah, your no, mind off sure. all that's going on and just concentrate yeah. on what you love to do. That's one piece. It has been therapeutic, but I got to tell you, the other piece of it is that I'm away from my family and that's helping because I'm able to do this very important work, raising awareness about the initiative Unite with Ukraine. So um, I don't know that I would be able to get quite this amount of work done. It's great to be on the road and have a platform. You have more of a platform when you're on the road. I don't know if people would be talking to me in interviews, you know, I, I, just the amount of social media surrounding a tour. It's fantastic. And having an audience in front of you to, to tell them about it. It's incredible. So I think that's been the best part about being on the road right now. Tell me a bit about, as a last question, I was going to ask you a bit about Unite with Ukraine and just to explain mm -hmm. to, to our listeners what, what it's all mm -hmm. about. So, you know, we're arming defenders. So um, one supply kit probably costs around $2,500. And that would include um, a level four bulletproof vest, a helmet, night vision goggles, and the medical emergency medical supplies, supplies including a tourniquet. Um, tourniquets. So 
you know, one, one level four bulletproof vest can cost anywhere from 900 to $1,500. So just to put it into context for people, you know, when you're giving, um, go to unitewithukraine.com, you know, pull together 10 people and give 50 bucks. You've just gotten a vest for a defender. I've been on communications on group texts on WhatsApp and so on and so forth. Um, where the, the initiative is getting, uh, these, these, this equipment, these supplies to defenders in Ukraine. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading as, as routing and is, is being supplied and street names and, and, and locations in, in Ukraine. It's mind boggling. I, I can't understand how, you know, I'm suddenly in this episode of, of Homeland or something like that. So this is very real and the work they're doing is 100. It's for sure. And I feel really good about, about um, committing to this for now, because look, did I, I'm the work I've done prior to this was the opposite. It was about, you know, uh, rehabilitating kids or, or, you know, um, retroactive, uh, you know, education or um, getting, getting skill sets to, to, to uh, women um, in conflict zones, post-war. Um, this is the opposite. This is, I, I can't even understand how this is not happening. It's like arms dealing or something, but it's, it's not, it's not lethal. Obviously the, the supplies we're giving, but it just, it's very different. It's very uncomfortable, but I feel that it's the right thing to do right now. I, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in profiteering conglomerates. Normally I try to edit myself, but look, if you're giving to some big, massive organization, that money's not even going to Ukraine right now. Let's be real. You've got to be grassroots about this. You've got to know that you're getting supply. There, there's a, you know, um, that it's getting to the people who really need it. Um, so, you know, working with, um, Unite with Ukraine is great because they're affiliated with the, the Ukrainian world Congress. They've been around forever and they know what they're doing. And so, um, you know, they know the region, they know tactical, um, maps and all that good stuff. So it's, it's good. Chantal Kraviatsa, thank you so much for speaking with me tonight. I appreciate your perspective on this and obviously, um, good luck on your tour and good luck with all the initiatives that you've been working on of late. Thank you very much.